Today on The Breakdown, just how far can you push a man? Just how far can you go without getting lost in the wilderness? This is a question for Garrett Adelstein and Matt Berkey because they are playing in a $25, $50, $100, $200 game because, of course, of course they have over $100,000 in front of them. And of course, these guys aren't just going to go for it against each other. They're going to go for really, take some really thin edges here. And the question is, are they too thin? Or are there better plays to be made? How far can you push a man? On The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Well, now I wish I had broken into song during that opening. Then we can do it now. Let's do a little sing along. Okay. How far can you push your man? You push him as far as you can. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> That's really Let's write good. a play. Let's write it. Let's write a goddamn play. <laughs> I mean, that felt like a musical for sure, right? Like, yeah. I just need Julie Andrews and the, you know, bursting into song and the little, and the Von Trapp kids and. The Nazis and everything, you know? Be great. Perfect. I think we found an alternate career that we might have to just travel along that path for a while, see where it leads us. Yeah. By the way, did you know that uh, the Von Trapp family from The Sound of Music, real family, based on a true story? No. Apparently, they, also, they also basically just sang to each other all the time, never had regular dialogue like this. It was always... So you made that part up. Which part? The singing part. Well, yeah, of course I made that part up. I mean, I was, that, is that a shock to the system? Why that, are you taking away from the, the, the absurdity of the truth by making it more absurd? The absurdity of You're the what's truth. wrong with today's society. I am, you see an extreme event and you think, that's not enough for me. How is I need to ex- hyperbolize this comet hitting Earth and say <laughs> five comets hit Earth. How is, it, how is it an extreme event that they made a movie about a family? It's extreme uh-huh. in its notability. It's extreme in its notability that that family happens to be real, which is not the expectation that most people have. Yeah, but you know, you know the movie Rocky, also based on a true guy, based on a true story. But like, really, really derives away from reality, right? Um, I mean, Rockies two through seven definitely do. Uh, I don't know how far the original Rocky went either, but true. Seven, but I mean, they're on. What? They're on 12 now. Didn't you know they're on 12 now? Rocky I will 12. say this. The late stage Rocky movies, pretty, pretty darn good. Shockingly come around again. Like the movie Rocky Balboa, which is the last official Rocky film. Actually good. Cr- the first Creed movie. Great. I didn't see the second yeah. Creed movie yet. Um, although I'm planning on watching it any day it's now. It's not that good. It's not yeah. as good as the first I one. Know the first one was really good though. I mean, the first one is basically Rocky again. It's the same story as yeah. Rocky almost exactly, except there's lineage there and stuff. You know, there's, but, um, but still, quite good. Quite wonderful. And uh, I don't know. I don't know why those stories keep, being, keep resonating with us, but they do. They do, Somehow, Semester. Like, I, don't wa- I don't watch boxing at all, but right. it seems like the average quality of boxing movies is higher than the average quality of most movies. Uh, yeah, especially any sports movie or anything like that. Like, almost every sports movie yeah. kind of blows compared to like, your average boxing movie. Like, think about the average football right. movie. Like, has there ever been a really good football movie? I'm going to say no. Like any given Sunday? I mean, is that... come on. Get the hell out of yeah. my church. Any given Sunday is a piece of crap. Yeah, the guy's eye falls out. That's stupid. 
It's so um, bad. I mean, there's a football scene in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I mean, there's how just, about the re- the replacements? If you want to go goofy, is that with Keanu Reeves? Yes, when wow. they're all scabs because the the was NFL's that, on strike. Was that any good? When I saw it when I was 14, I thought it was delightful. Yeah, I'm saying there's no good football movies at all. Uh that are actually about football anyway. Like there's the movie Brian Banks, which is about a football player, but he it's the football is not part yeah. of it, which is a fabulous movie, by the way, if you guys haven't seen it, really worth seeing. Um, intense, but really good. But it's not a football movie, of course. He just happened to be a football player. What about, does 22 Jump Street count as a football movie? No, of course it does not count as a football movie. But those are, you know, those movies are pretty all right too, I must say. Yeah. Um, Baseball movies? There's, there's The Natural. The Natural is an all-time great baseball movie, for and, sure. And as far as, like, comedy baseball movies, Major League is actually pretty funny. Pretty I good. wonder if it would hold up now, but I used to love it, at least when I was younger, for sure. The Naked Gun is one of the great baseball sequences of all time. Not a baseball movie, though. Uh, uh, no, that doesn't count, obviously. Field of Dreams? Yeah. Fabulous movie, for sure. Uh, Kevin Costner, when he was making... He made another baseball movie, too, didn't he? Oh, um, Bull Durham. Also pretty darn yeah. good. Uh, okay, so baseball actually pull, holding its own. Basketball, I don't know if there's any good basketball movies that are actual movies, not like Hoop Dreams, but... Coach Carter? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg? I mean, there's nothing. There's uh, there's actually a relatively new one that's basically a movie that you've seen a million times with Ben Affleck called The Way Back. Oh, where he's that's like... actually pretty darn good. And Hoosiers is pretty darn good, too, now that I think about it. Did you see The Way Back? The Way Back was was good. Yeah. It's not pretty good. It's not actually a basketball movie, but it's it's within the basketball universe, so I think we have to count it. But it's not like the way most of these other sports movies like that have more sports in them, you know? Like it's not really about the basketball at all in The Way Back. Yeah. But it's fine. But it's fine. That is a good movie. But man. all of these movies are kind of not about the sport in the end, right? It's about like redemption or well, growth or some sort of harmony well, that, wait. that becomes Wait. provided to the culture of because course, of the sport. Of course, it's not ever just about the, the sport. But in some of these movies, they show you a lot of the sports. By the way, White Man Can't Jump is the best basketball movie of all time. That's an actual basketball movie. There's real basketball that's played. We're yeah. caught up in the competition of it, as opposed to like the way back, where they almost show, they show us only a little bit of the basketball ever, because it's not really about that. You know, Some of the football movies, or some of the, like the natural, is really about him playing baseball. It's also about other things. But like the baseball matters, and they show a bunch of it, and... You know what I mean? I think I think there's a difference there. The way back, okay. it's a way back. Sometimes they just show you the score. They don't even show you the, any of the game a lot of the time. You know, because they're like, it doesn't matter. Who you know, it's about this guy's path back. Yeah, I got a I got a basketball movie that it is problematic at this point because it's a white savior movie. Oh, but boy. it it's uh it's fun. It's the air up there. Have you ever seen that? No, I never with saw Kevin it Bacon. No. It's a lot about basketball, but it's also like fun. But when I was a, you know, when I was is, a kid, there was problematically a, white saviory. Eh. When I was a kid, there was a, a movie starring Julius Irving called "The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh," which, as like a nine year old, anyway, I thought was so good. I don't know if it would hold up, <laughs> but "The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh." Yeah, not too many great basketball movies. I think "White Man Can't Jump" has got to be the, clearly the best basketball movie of all time. Though. That's a good one. That one is a great. That's a great movie. But I think. I think baseball has basketball beat, obviously, yeah. as far as movies are concerned. No question. Not as far as a sport, because it's boring as hell as a sport. But, uh, yeah, I think boxing still takes the cake, yeah. especially if you include the greater fighting universe. Because, like, Warrior, the MMA movie, is a great movie. I love that movie. Sure. I don't think we should... I don't think it's fair to include the greater fighting universe, but I don't think boxing needs it anyway. Boxing's just got you. Yeah. Like, Bleed for This is a darn good movie. 
you know? And there's just a million, like, The, the yeah. Fighter. The Fighter's a great movie. There's so many good boxing movies. Southpaw. Um, what's the one with De Niro? Uh, the classic De Niro one where he's playing... Raging Rock, Bull? Yeah. Rocky Like, won Academy Awards, man. Like, yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. And uh, no good poker movies, that's for sure. Zero. Rounders is... Rounders is a good movie. Rounders is a pretty good movie, actually. You're right. Rounders is by far the best poker movie, but it's not a great movie. Sorry, Brian Koppelman. I mean, when's the last time you saw Rounders? Not that long ago. It's, I mean... Here's the you, thing. If, if you take yourself out of the poker yes, aspect of it right. and, and know that you're not a poker pro and say for a second, right. like, I am a casual observer. I'm not a poker pro. I'm like Jonathan Levy watching a football movie. I know, like, yeah. I don't really know what it's like to be a football player, right? Like, and you that just makes look it at it as better. a story. Yeah. Rounders is fair. fucking good. Yeah. It's good. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. Um, yeah, no, you're right. It is good. I will say that it is so inside baseball, that movie though, like Matt Damon will use his poker terms and never, they never explain any of it. So if you don't know poker at all, it's really hard to follow. But if you know poker enough to be able to follow it, then you can see the ridiculous decisions that the players are making that hurts it a little bit. But I grant you that's a, that's a good movie. You're right. I'm, I'm underrating it. That's fair. I mean, he does, he does explain it a little bit. Like in the, the first hand where he loses his role to Teddy KGB, he's like, okay, that's my money card. That makes me a full house, and I think he has a flush. Like that's pretty I mean, that's cool. expository. Fine, pretty but, expository. but if you watch a lot of it, he'll be like, I got the Cowboys and blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, if you don't know like Cowboys or Pocket Kings, you have no, you have no idea what's going on. Like, and he just does that constantly in that movie, which is fine, but like... You're, you're right, though. I'll grant you, that's a good movie, and I was underrating it. That's fair. That's the only good poker movie, then? Is that fair to say? I think it might be. I mean, that Jake Johnson movie on Netflix is okay. It's okay. And it's not really a poker movie, by the way. It, like, it's, a, it's about his gambling addiction to poker, but it's about him you know, you know, hustling money on the side, really, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the thing we've always been saying for years and years yeah. and why many years ago we began writing the script of a poker movie because yeah. we believe there's no, no movies that accurately capture the poker world, That's which is sure. a fun world in reality, too. It doesn't yeah. have to be these fake worlds. Like, and, and clearly no movie does poker hands well, and we thought we could be the guys who did that. Now, we were too lazy to complete that, but you know, maybe we'll get back to it someday. I mean, we're like, we got like 20 to 30 pages in, and I will say it was a surprisingly good 20 to 30 pages, and yet... It's just on the drawing room floor somewhere at this point. But anyway, let's not get it. Let's, hey, you know, maybe that can be a pandemic project for us. I'll tell you what. If uh, after we do the audio book, if, uh, if the pandemic's still going on, that should be the next project. Hey, here, why don't we use our platform for a second? Okay. Anybody who's connected in any way to the film industry and has any interest in Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy writing a poker movie, talk to us. We, we, we're interested in, like, having connections in this world in case we do do it. Don't we have to have done it first before you put out the wide net? It seems What weird I'm saying to... is, we, well, we have, we have essentially the entire outline. We I know mean, exactly what's going to happen in the movie. I mean, okay. It's, that's a really long way from we've got to finish script, though. Come on. Yeah. Come it's on. It's far away. I have this idea for a great piece of software. It's, it's an app on your phone, and it knows when you're hungry, and it cooks you toast just all by itself. So you can say, like, I got the outline for it. <laughs> I just have to write the software. It's, it's a lot easier for us to finish the movie than to make that app happen. I understand that, what? but I'm saying a million people, like Hollywood people, I can't believe we're having this conversation on, as we're recording, but a million Hollywood people absolutely like, get pitched a one line, a log line all the time. And they're like, cool, let me see the script. And the guy's like, yeah, I don't have a script. And they're like, don't waste my time. Then like, I, get pitched, I get pitched ideas every day. You know, like, you got you to right, have something. All right. 
We got to write Talk the script first. Talk to me first. in a year. Talk to me in a year, and okay. we have the greatest script of all time. Fine. Gonna, then we'll use our freaking platform. Maybe we could use our platform now to talk about a poker hand, you son of a bitch. All right, let's do it. I was waiting for you to say that. Damn it, man! You made me talk for so long about things that weren't this hand. It was. It was fun though. <laughs> yeah, I like this it. hand. By the way, suggested on mm. Twitter by Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. One of the many Kyles in the world. So yeah, but he's the only on one. That. He's the only one whose Twitter handles are you whack. That's a cool Twitter handle. It is a cool Twitter handle, Grant. You're being sar- no, sarcastic. Kyle. What? The answer is no, Kyle. Well, there's no. two of us, so it's no and yes. You're whack. It's, uh, I'm, I'm leaving you that for the audience to decide. They'll keep a little mystery in it, you know? Keep them coming back. Maybe right. next, maybe next week we'll know. explain who's whack, maybe. One of us is, though, for sure. Next on the next episode of Lost, exactly. a very special episode. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's the it's the evening news. You know, the vice president is dead, but vice president of what? We'll tell you in, <laughs> after this ad. You know, I mean, anyway. <laughs> so, uh, hey, by the way, this is actually a really interesting hand that we have not talked any at, about at all. Let's talk about it. No I, shit, we haven't talked about it. No shit. <laughs> I want to. I, let me finish. Kyle suggested on oh, Twitter. Oh. We are the poker guys on Twitter. If you want to suggest a hand, include a YouTube link and a timestamp. You can also suggest poker go hands, but you know we won't be able to do videos on those. This is also not a video because we don't do live at the bike videos. Yeah, but it will but, be a Monday podcast. Yeah. And that's good. Which is where the real meat and potatoes is. You know what I'm I saying? mean, that's, the podcast is where all the, all the cooking happens, right? Yeah. Like If you just want to so see the steak, fine. Watch the video. But you want to... You want to watch the meal get prepared? You're in the right place. You want to see some, uh, some Emerald Lagasse type shit? Exactly. This is where ba- we at. Bam! He says that, right? Yeah, he says that all the time. He's like super short, but says bam. It's a weird combination. <laughs> it's, I mean, right? Am I crazy here? Yeah. I don't even you know if he's crazy. super short, by the way. That may not even be true. Just There's a really, real quick aside. There's a really funny onion headline about Emerald Lagasse that I love so much where it just says, uh, Emerald Lagasse says, if you would have told me that 2020 would have included a pandemic and a ton of civil unrest, I would have said, bam. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Because yeah. that's all he says. All right. It is a cash <sighs> game. It is $25.50. There is a $100 and $200 straddle on. So we have okay. essentially four blinds in this game. And uh, we got a lot of big names here, including Garrett Adelstein and Matt Berkey, who are going to be our main players in this hand. So Not deep, too. They're f- even with the they double are. straddle, they're effective 500 blinds deep. Which is not a surprise at this point when we do no. anything that has to do with Garrett. And I guess with Berkey, you probably shouldn't be surprised either, although we don't see it as often because we don't see as many hands with Berkey. Yeah. Uh, but Garrett is in the cutoff. And with the four blinds, this already seems ambitious because he opens to 800 with king eight off and 102K. When there's four blinds, the cutoff is not really that late of position. Yeah, it's under the gun in a six max spot, right? I mean, I don't know why he would do this, except he's bored or just thinks he's good enough that he's just going to outplay everyone and it doesn't matter. Those are the only possible answers, right? I guess. But it seems like... Not much else to say there. Yeah, no, no, no player who's trying to play really good... Profitable ranges would do this, right? Well, Garrett does, and he's yeah. a good player. So maybe he's got something here. Who he knows? may not be trying to play a profitable range right now. You know, that's what yeah. I'm wondering. Anyway, Berkey is under the gun, which is the first straddle. So he's he's uh, okay. committed a hundred dollars to the pot so far. He's got 119k in his stack, and after it folds to him, he calls with four deuce of clubs. Too loose? I think so. I don't like it. Um, 
I think you can make a case that you're suited, but we're playing out of position against a really good player who likes playing deep stack poker. And this is the kind of hand that actually doesn't want to play a huge, huge, huge pot. Like we can't play an all in pot with this hand, right? Like kind of ever. No, unless we make quads or a straight flush. I guess we could get it in when, when Garrett has a set and we have a big draw. So like when we're a big dog, like there's, but yeah, like we're too deep for this hand actually, I think is the problem, especially when we're out of position and we're not even closing the action. And we only have $100 invested. I would fold this for sure. Berkey, though, we know plays really wide ranges and plays differently than, than pretty much everybody. So I'm not shocked when you tell me he calls, but I can't believe this is part of a profitable calling range for at least almost anybody in the world in this. Spot. Yeah, I agree with that. Then there is the, uh, the straddle, the double straddle, who has committed $200, a player named Antonio, not Antonio Esfandiari, just some guy named Antonio. He's got queen, 10 of clubs. He's going to call close the action we've got a pot of 2475 heading to the flop which is eight of spades deuce of diamonds deuce of hearts kind of a cooler yeah actually with berkey flopping trips and edelstein flopping top pair with the second best kicker possible in the deck all right <laughs> super dry board we always talk about leading in these spots when you flop well or combo draw or something like that, is this board too dry for Berkey to consider leading it to two opponents? Uh, interesting question. I don't think it's too dry because as long as he's willing to have some bluffs here on a board like this too, I think it's fine. It's a little bit weird because if you think about what are his, his value hands, he has very few deuces calling in the small blind. Turns out he has more than we would think, right? Cause he has four. It's, deuces the, it's not really the small blind. It's like the, okay. It's effectively it sort of plays as a small blind though, right? Yeah, yeah, but, it does. Um, so like really he's like his really strong hands, I guess, are like ace deuce suited sometimes. Maybe uh pocket eights. Yeah. It's pocket hard deuces. To pocket deuces, okay. So if he's leading, you think he's got a hand like one of those three hands? Like it's hard to come up with much else that would lead for value that he can have. Turns out he can have I guess any deuce or a lot of uh, some other can... deuces. Not Maybe a, a reasonable thing for Berkey is to also assume deuce three, deuce four, and deuce five suited. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe you can have king deuce suited here also. I don't know. Um, so I think the problem with leading here is we just don't have very much value. So if we, I guess we could lead a little bit with our value and a little bit with our, um, with our bluffs. But the only bluffs we have are air bluffs, which sort of sucks. You well, want to I do mean, it's like, pretty easy to construct, construct a buffing range here. You could you could take any two back door hand and, and decide that's part of the buffing range, like nine, ten of spades, seven, prob- nine of spades, yeah. all those hands. You probably want it to be over cards to the eight. So when we're called, we have more perceived outs, you know. Um, all right, so nine, ten, jack, ten of spades, hands like that, jack, nine of spades. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, or hearts or diamonds. Something like that. That's not crazy. But even then, let's say we're doing that with a few of those. Like, I don't think I guess I don't think four deuce is strong enough to be part of that part of the balancing of value. We probably have stronger hands we can balance with anyway. So you don't think we should consider leading? I think we should consider. I think we mostly should probably check though. Also, by the way, the, the times we're up against a deuce, we're always beat because we have four deuce. Yeah, which isn't great when we're yeah. this deep. You know, this is one of the problems with this hand. And traditionally, if you're going to have a leading range uh, out of in spots like this as Berkey, you probably don't do it on this drive of board that often. It's usually right. a, wet, a more of a wet board that you have a leading range on. It's easier to find combos that make sense. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, this is kind of interesting as a... This is an interesting uh, board to bluff lead with because it's so dry and stuff. But 
it doesn't even really hit your range that well. It hits the it hits the 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 double straddlers range better, right? Because the double yes, straddlers got a yeah. lot more deuces than we do. So I think this is almost always a check because of that. Like if we're in the big blind or the double straddle like that, it makes more sense to lead at least with all our stuff. I agree with that. And Berkey does too. He checks. Yeah. Antonio with absolute garbage checks. Garrett has top pair and a king kicker. Probably should bet it's a vulnerable hand, right? Mm-hmm. And like this board is super dry, meaning that it's essentially always a range advantage for the opener. Like almost entirely, maybe not as far as having deuces, but like the overall range is much stronger for Garrett. That seems general. Right. Yeah, I think. Um, right. So, assuming we're betting, how much do you want to bet in the twenty four seventy five? Well, a lot of times, whatever we bet, we're just going to garner. It's going to be a binary decision in a lot of spots for for our opponents. I would think, right? Like they either have a we're so deep that they either have a call or they don't. So I don't think we need to bet that much. Um, so if there's 2475 in there. I don't know. I guess we could bet like 1100, something like that, a little less than half the pot. Yeah. I think you can even go smaller because of the dryness of the board. Like yeah. when you have king queen here, you're probably going to bet two and you want to be able to bet small. And sure. this is a reasonable board to bet really small on. So what do you think? A thousand? I mean, I actually like Garrett sizing. He goes for 800. And I think yeah. that's pretty good. That's pretty small. I don't hate that. At all. I think it's kind of cool. I think you're often going to get folds. And in this case, we don't mind getting calls anyway. Yeah. So speaking of calls, that's what Berkey does. Yeah. But that doesn't feel like the standard thing that most players are going to do here. Most of the entire poker playing population. Maybe most pros would just call here. What do you think? What do you think's best? Well, once again, we're sort of in a weird spot where if we raise, now we're trying to get called by over pairs pretty much, right? That's usually what we're over targeting. Pairs yeah, but mostly yeah. it's over pairs when Garrett opens and bets, right? Mostly. Um, and I don't know if there's that many of them, and I, and I don't know how many of them are even going to... If they're going to call all three streets, and maybe they will because we're Matt Berkey, then maybe we should check raise right now. It's not crazy to check raise right now. Um, I don't hate just a call. We also have the, the other straddle still, and the guy who's got all the deuces, all of which are better than ours. It's not that bad to call I mean, and see what he does. I mean, if we raise and that yeah. guy does anything You're but right. fold, we're like, oh, we're beat. Yeah, like, no, that, that's a good point. We're going to get a lot of information no matter what. So yeah. it's more about how does this play against Garrett's range. I mean, it's not so bad to just like Garrett bomb away sometimes too, especially when we've got the worst kicker pretty much possible. I don't hate a call. I'm okay with the no, call. No, I think a call is good against this particular opponent especially. I know he does have a hand that Garrett would definitely call a check raise with and might call future streets as well. Yeah. But... As we see, Garrett has king eight off in the cutoff here. That means his range is quite wide. That means he whiffed on this board a lot of the time. We also know he's aggressive. So I think a call against Garrett's range is probably better as far as getting value than versus like the times that Garrett actually has something, which are just not enough of the time. Yeah. And I think we would probably want to do this when we have slightly better hands anyway. Like, I don't just want to have a deuce. Personally, I want to have like ace deuce. So that way, if we were to get action when we're this deep, ace deuce is a hand that is playing really well against Garrett's continuing range, I think better than four deuces. Like, because we're going to be up against ace deuce sometimes ourselves. And so we at least chop with it. Maybe Garrett has, Garrett really might have king deuce suited here, by the way, if he's opening king. Yeah, he might. Um, But four deuce. Yeah, okay. I can think of some hands that can give us action, maybe even a bunch of streets of action. Maybe we can check raise and go bet bet after that and get called by kings. But there's not that many combos of that stuff. And if every time Garrett's got a deuce, we can, we're valuing ourselves, that's not great. So I think I like a call. It, this is part of the problem with playing this hand this deep, right? The, implied, the reverse sure. implied odds are problematic. Yeah. 
I like the call too. That's what Berkey does. Yeah. Although it kind of sucks to like get away with only a third pop bet, but that's the case here. I mean, a lot of the times he's going to size up the turn and sometimes just go for it on the river and try and move us off an eight, right? Which is or two fives yeah. or something, which is pretty great. After the bet and the call, Antonio folds with his garbage. The pot is $4,075. The turn is the Queen of Hearts. Now reads, Eight of Spades, Deuce of Diamonds, Deuce of Hearts, Queen of Hearts. Berkey checks. Yeah. Seems in line with the rest of his play. Seems sure. to make sense. This is, a, this is a good card for Garrett to potentially bluff on if he doesn't have anything anyway. So I like the check, for sure. Right, but Garrett has one of those in-between hands now. Of course, Berkey doesn't have too many queens in his range. It's almost impossible for Berkey not to have a queen in his range unless it's queen eight suited. Right. So should Garrett go for continued value on the turn, essentially just trying to get called by weaker eights, or should he check and try to get value on the river? I think against Berkey when we're this deep, I like going for continued value right now with, the, with our king kicker specifically. I think we can get called by 7-8 suited, 9-8 suited, stuff like that, 10-8 suited, maybe 6-8 suited. Um, by the way, maybe some pocket pairs also, uh, like pocket sevens. I assume pocket yeah. nines are better is usually just three betting us pre. So we have the best hand here a lot. And why give him a free card when it's Matt Berkey and he's this deep? I think he's going to station a lot with one pair because yeah, we're going to rep that queen. He has a lot more, he has a lot more combos of eights that, that we beat than that are beating us and and he didn't check yeah. raise so we remove a lot of the deuces from his range that plus the pre-flop call so yeah I, that all makes sense like seven eight suited six eight suited probably five eight suited for berkey mm-hmm. maybe four eight suited for berkey maybe up to jack eight suited and then queen eight is a problem and ace eight is a problem which sure. are definitely in berkey's range as well but you got to eat that a little bit sometimes yeah, we're just trying to make a bet that's profitable and know that it's not always going to work out. Like, sometimes Berkey's got, you know, full house. Sometimes he's got, you know, quads. Sometimes, you know, it's just... Sometimes maybe he can have nines here once in a while, too, you know. But I think we yeah. have to bet. I think it's profitable to bet here. So I, I like the idea of betting for sure. Well, not only does Garrett bet, but he bets pot. He bets 4K into 4,075. What do you think about that decision? It's really interesting. So he's going for a polarizing sizing already when he doesn't really have a polarizing hand, but he thinks he's ahead of Berkey enough of the time that he's trying to put Berkey into hero call mode right now and get max value is what it feels like, right? And maybe deny equity yeah. a little bit, but mostly I don't think it's that. I think it's mostly like I'm trying to get massively paid off because I'm claiming to have a huge hand and I don't have a huge hand much. And I'm Garrett. My reputation is not stellar, you know, in terms of yeah. when I bet. Those are all good points. And uh, so now you're Berkey. How are you interpreting this? You're thinking... Are you thinking basically that this is Garrett, so he still has a ton of bluffs? I should keep just calling. Oh yeah, I think so. Actually, um, honestly, Garrett being polarized isn't amazing for us anyway. You know, like we're usually ahead here for sure, but like there are hands. I mean, if he had pocket eights, I don't know if he'd choose the sizing because it's so hard to for us to have anything. But maybe if he has pocket queens, he could choose the sizing sometimes. That's about it. I, maybe ace yeah, I mean, a little. I don't know. You could have aces or kings too, but he's obviously yeah. Berkey's not worried about that. That's fine. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like this plays best as a probably a call because he's polarized, which means when he does the, the times when he has strong value, he'll continue, and we beat some of that for sure, but we don't beat all of it. But the bluffs, which he's going to have a lot of, are often going to fire the river. So don't we want to give him a chance to do that, especially now the pot's getting big? And also, we don't want to play a monster pot with this hand. We've said that in every street, right? This is not a hand that plays super well as a monster pot. 
in a monster yeah. pot. So feels like a call. Let him bet. Hopefully, big again on the river, and hopefully, we're ahead. And yeah, that, that seems reasonable to me. That sounds like a good plan, and that's Berkey's plan. Berkey okay. makes the call. Good like job, it. Matt Berkey. I guess we're all made up with him now because we like his play so far. We're except all for the preflop call pals once again. The feud is over. We're only feuding with us. We're only feuding with Phil Hellmuth now, and that's only in our own minds because Phil Hellmuth. Yeah, that hasn't actually happened. He actually but. liked liked my tweet when I was sort of like putting him down a little bit, even you know, so just a little bit. So you yeah, can't try to make a feud, man. It has to happen naturally. I said that. That's what I said in the tweet. I that actually is the tweet. It says it has to feel organic when we were being accused of not doing a good enough job feuding with them. That's the one that Helmuth th- liked. <laughs> so what do you want yeah. from me? <laughs> yeah, we really we could have feuded with Berkey, man. That would have been organic, but that did not happen. Whatever. There'll be more opportunities to feud with people. It'll be fine. Well, let's find a way to kill Berkey in this hand. Maybe he'll hear this one and his fragile ego will once again be crushed. <laughs> yeah, you know, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, Berkey does call. I think he's doing a great job post-flop in this hand, by the way. I think yeah, me really too. Wonderful. I mean, we didn't like his call uh, pre-flop, but he's doing it. No. Pot is $12,075. Nitrogen Sports Poker is a happy place where there are bunnies everywhere. Yeah. They, um, it's a new thing. It's a new feature. It's the all bunnies feature, and you don't have to do anything. It's automatically like been installed on your computer at this point. It's not just when you're on nitrogen. They've installed it. So whatever you do, by the it time you're up, hearing this, you're going to see bunnies. It takes up 1.5 terabytes of storage space, but, but it's worth it. You'll see that. The technology is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you can actually see bunnies like on your yeah. computer screen. How do they even do that? Pictures of buddies. I mean, dude, seriously, so, though, the first time someone invented the photograph, like, kudos to that dude. Like, oh, my yeah. God. That must have broke people's brains. Absolutely. Like, that's impossible. And speaking of brain-breaking, Nitrogen's monthly tournament that <laughs> you can only access when you use the link in the description yeah. is the worst business decision of all time ever made by a business. That's not true, of course. No. There's Fire Festival, but... Nice. There is Nitrogen Sports doing this every month because they love you guys or they're terrible at business. I'm not sure which it is. Maybe a combination. But it's a 1,000 buy-in guarantee, meaning we would need 1,000 players to meet the guarantee. Guess where they capped the field at, Jonathan? 300 players. That means the overlay is guaranteed to be huge. Yeah, and Enormous. we don't even get 300 players. We usually get like 180 or 200 players, right? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's everyone's dream, Right here, you're, yes. you get to live your dream on nitrogen. Yeah, it's like, yeah, your dream where you're like, oh man, I haven't been to biology class all semester. I don't even know where the <laughs> building is. How am I going to pass? There's only a week left. Oh my God, who do I talk to? That dream. Yeah. But then it's like, it's young Britney Spears. <laughs> Look at this, <laughs> sitting next to me in biology class. <laughs> you know, that always happens. Right? Oh, always, yeah. I mean, anyway, to be clear, when I, when I say young Britney Spears, I don't mean like a six-year-old Britney Spears. I just mean when she was, you know, younger than she is now. I mean, when she was at You're her height. You're only making it worse. I You're know. I feel. I worse. just thought I needed to save myself, but <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. Just, you know, at her, at her height, at her attractiveness height, which is, you know, not current. That's all I'm saying. Everyone get off my back. Everyone knows. <laughs> Drew, it's okay. Said, no. <laughs> you have been canceled officially. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, nitrogen sports, nitrogen sports, <laughs> use the link in the description. It's got that tournament. It's got other poker. It's got sports betting. It's Bitcoin only. 
You get your money out in 90 minutes. That's industry leading. They don't fuck around with your cash, man. And that's cool. Yeah. So what, right. happen- what happens is I turn to her and I like show her my science test. And I'm like, whoops, I did it again. And she smiles. And then I wake up. I'm all sweaty. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the world is a worse place than it was 15 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> Okay, so Onto the river I don't know if I can do the river now (laughs) I'm officially disturbed (laughs) We'll we'll try to do the river Alright, so We've got the board of Eight of spades, deuce of diamonds, deuce of hearts Queen of hearts And the river is now the six of spades The heart flush does not come in Berkey has four deuce for a very bad trips and Garrett has king eight for flop top pair. Still a pretty good hand at this point. Usually the best yeah. hand just doesn't happen to be right here. Yeah. Berkey checks again. He could lead just to like try to make sure a bet goes in. But I think the plan against Garrett all along is to make sure Garrett bluffs. Yeah, I think it's crazy to lead based on the line we've taken and the hand we have. I think it's a great time to check and hope Garrett puts in a really big bet and hope that we're winning, yeah. which we often are. We can, we can even beat some of his value if he puts in a big bet for sure, right? So... What a, what a great spot. Yep. Garrett is going to bet, but should he? I think it's okay to bet here. I think we have to... The sizing is going to be interesting, right? Do we want to continue to choose polarizing sizing and get heroed? Or do we want to choose less polarizing sizing? Less polarizing sizing, maybe we could... T- I guess we want to choose polarizing sizing if we bet, right? Because we're... Because it's only a hero at this point. If we bet half pot, it's still basically a hero call, right? So we might yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, we're effectively just trying to get called by a weaker eight or pocket sevens or yeah. pocket sixes. No, not sixes. Well, not sixes point, anymore, yeah. But, you know, you're right. Yeah, a weaker eight or pocket sevens, pocket fives maybe once in a while. Like, there's not much. But those are reasonable hands to put Berkey on at this point, even though it turns out he's got a better hand than that. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's not great that sixes full gets there. It's not great that eight six is now a better two pair than we have. Because Berkey could easily have 8-6 suited also. But you got to figure his most likely 8s are 9-8 and 7-8. I don't know if he has all the 8-6 suiteds or not. He definitely has all the 8-9s and 7-8 suiteds, right? Yeah. So. I mean, we can know that he has all the 8-6 suiteds because he has four deuce suiteds. Yes, we can. But as Garrett, maybe we're not as sure. But also, there's just combinatorially, there's a little bit less, which is something also, right? There's there's actually, oh, no, there's three combos of 8-6 suited because they're both spades. Three combos of eight. No, we got the eight of hearts. There's two combos of eight six suited, and there's four combos of eight eight nine and eight seven, and maybe ten well, eight. Well, no, there's two combos because we have the eight of hearts. No, no, no. I'm saying four combos hearts. total if you add them together. That's what I meant. Oh, together. I okay. wasn't clear about that, but that's what I meant. Um, and then there's also yeah, two combos of ten eight suited, maybe two combos of jack eight suited. You can see why he's why he decides to go for it here. Why there'd be a reason to go for it, right? Yeah. I mean, it's super does. thin. He... Let's be clear. But it is. But this is the leveling war. I don't... I, I like this. I think this is cool and a little crazy, but, but I think ultimately it's good. I think it is too. And he does bet basically potty. He bets 12K into about 12K. I mean, he's like, hero me, motherfucker. All right. Can Berkey raise for value? Yeah. Okay. Maybe he can. So let's think about it. If we raise as Berkey, we're raising to get called by aces and kings. Ace, queen. Ace, queen, maybe, or maybe even a queen in general, maybe king, queen. Yeah. Because um, they all play the same, ultimately. Yeah. Maybe even someone with a queen, maybe he calls a little more often with a queen because he blocks some. Oh, no, two pair hands don't matter, actually. 
No, no, no. Ace Queen, though. Ace Queen would care about that, but Aces or Kings wouldn't. Um, so, yeah, those are the hands we're, we're looking to get called by. So the first question is, will they call if we raise, right? I don't know. I think, I think we have to try. I think, uh, like, yeah, Garrett can have eights full. He can have queens full. He could maybe have sixes full, but I doubt it. Yeah. I think a six, sixes play is very different than an eight as far as the turn pot size bet because clearly that right. was trying to get called by a weaker eight. So I don't think he has sixes full. So he has, you know, six combos of, of torture death for Berkey. But other than that, he's got a lot of hands that will consider calling. He's got 12 combos of aces and kings that will consider calling. He's got, he's probably got 12 combos of ace-queen that will consider calling, right? He would probably bet ace-queen on the flop most of the time. I mean, so, he has nine combos of torture death type hands, but still only nine, so... Your point is still What silly. are the nine? It's queens, eights, and sixes, right? So it's three, three, three. But he, know, he doesn't have sixes is what we were saying. Oh, okay. That's your point. No, you're right. You're right. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Six combos. My bad. I guess also there, then there's ace deuce suited, which probably he, he has, play well, which just is like one this. combo. Okay. One combo. But he would play it just like this for sure. Would he play yeah. other deuces like this? Can he have king deuce suited? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But there's it still sounds, only one combo. It sounds like. Too. It sounds like the strong hands that he would consider calling with outweigh rather significantly the strong hands yeah. uh, that beat us that he would consider calling with. I agree with that. Okay, so that's part one. So, so on that level, yes. Question number two, are we really calling if we're Garrett and we have kings here and we bet and get raised after he goes check, call, check, call, check, raise? Because we have to really be calling for this to be a good raise, right? I think in a, in a war between these two types of players, I think you probably mostly do have to call with your Kings yeah. and aces. If you're Garrett, I think I agree with you. I could actually see Berkey even turning an eight into a bluff once in a while. Yeah, um, absolutely. Or, or two sevens into a bluff or something like that. Um, maybe even two threes into a bluff, you know, something, I mean, an eight is a much better bluff, obviously it is, but the reason, well, two threes is interesting only because, well, it's not, it's not a good example, actually, I guess in Berkey's mind, because he blocks like three do suited, <laughs> Because he Maybe. plays such wide range, he's like, cool, I have flockers. But like, I don't think Garrett's opening three dudes suited anyway. Um, so you're right, an eight is a better thing. So maybe he, can, maybe he can do that. I think we probably, against Berkey, do have to call with these over pairs. I don't know if we have to call with ace-queen. Maybe we decide ace-queen's near the bottom of distribution and we can fold. But I would think kings and aces are like, we just kind of have to call against this guy, specifically. Well, I guess Berkey comes to the same conclusion because he does raise. He makes it yeah. 42K. I actually really like how Berkey played this post-flop upon examination. I do, too. I think I do, too. Um, it really looks like Garrett usually has aces and kings here, and maybe ace-queen. I guess he can have, as we're saying, queens full once in a while, or eights full once in a while. Um, but, like, okay. Like, we're not going to call a re-raise as Berkey, right? If no. Garrett moves in, we're folding, and, okay, we lost some money, but we were going to lose a lot of money in this hand anyway. I think I like going for it, where our rep is, like, kind of a crazy mof- mofo, right? Mofo, yes. You know, you know, like I always say on these things, like if I'm playing up against Andy or Garrett or Berkey, like, and I'm in one of these spots, I'm just calling with all my good hands and not worrying about it. I'm like, you got me, you got yeah. me. Like, I'm just never folding because you guys have way too many bluffs with all your weird blocking stuff and I'm not worrying about it. Like, um, so I would, I think I would call with Kings. I think I would probably call with Ace Queen, honestly. Uh, yeah. So that makes this probably a great raise by Berkey, even though it's thin. Because, like, he could just so, he could be value-owning the hell out of himself. Like, when he gets called by King Deuce Suit and he's like, feels a little dumb, you know? So, back to Garrett now, who yeah. has a decision. Yeah. And my question is, 
going to be about distribution because yes. we obviously have to call with a lot of these good hands. And it's going to be about how we assess our distribution here because yeah. clearly this is a worse hand than aces. But is this a better hand to call with than aces or even ace-queen? Yeah. Because we block the most likely value hand that Berkey has of eights full by having an eight. Yeah. That is really important. I think it's a really good question. I was expecting this question. Uh, and, like, Berkey doesn't really ever have queens full. Okay, yes, he can have quad deuces. It feels like it's quad deuces or eights full most of the time here, right? I guess he or can have sixes full. Suited. What? Ace two suited. Okay, ace two suited, maybe six is full. Um, but like pocket eights really looms large here, I think. And yeah. blocking that feels like a really big deal. And I think, yeah, this may be a better call than any of the overpairs, a better hand to call with. Now, conversely, we block Berkey's best bluffing combos, which are eights. Right. That's true. But it, he doesn't have to only have that as a bluffing combo, right? Even though I agree True. with you, that is his best combos to bluff with, for sure. Like, he may just also be able to look at the board and be like, I just have, like, I, I can have hands here. Although he doesn't really have that many hands. He has more hands than we think because he somehow has four deuce. But, like, yeah, I would think he doesn't have very many deuces. I'd be wrong, apparently. He has more deuce than I would have thought anyway. Um yeah, we're blocking the bluffs, but we're also blocking the values. So does that sort of cancel itself out? I don't think so. I think it still makes this a better call than aces or kings because the value is so clear and obvious where Berkey might be finding other ways to find bluffs here. Yeah. Like you're saying, like maybe if maybe he thinks like three, four suited is a great hand to take this line with because he blocks Garrett's most likely suited deuces besides ace deuces. Like who knows? I mean, maybe he has like pocket fives or pocket sevens and thinks he blocks. Uh, nope. Nope. I don't see how that blocks anything useful. It's hard to come <laughs> up with stuff. It's, I mean, this is a, this is a, I think you're right. I think ultimately this is a quality blocker. And also Berkey is a little, will surprise us sometimes with the plays he makes, you know, <laughs> in terms of like, that feels like a reach, you know? So that makes me think like, I'm a little more open to wanting to call with this hand. So maybe this is the best hand to call with. Is that what we're coming down to? Because we also then, in case Berkey actually has an eight and is turning to a bluff, we actually get to beat that instead of chop with it. Yeah. That's a big deal. Like, yeah. if we had a worse eight, maybe that's, maybe we can fold those that we can call with the better eights because we, because we actually beat when he's, we, we actually win the whole pot in that spot instead of chop. Right. And Berkey's the type of guy who I think has enough bluffs that I don't have to ask the question, should we just be folding regardless because it's, like, such a strong line. I think you're right. I'm not 100% sure how often he really goes call, call, check, raise uh, without a strong hand. I mean, that's the other question. That, that's a very strong line, you know? I agree, but at the same point, we, uh, we've been critical of Berkey in the past, and a lot of his plays are unorthodox and, and seemingly loose. Yeah. But he's also the guy who is capable of having a call, call, check, raise line with bluffs that's more than almost anybody else that I can think of. It's hard to argue. And he will take and he will overvalue hands, by the way, sometimes, at least in the past, he has, in my opinion, and I think in Jungle Man's opinion and many other people's opinions. Yeah. Not that this is, although we can't really beat any overvalued hand here with King Eight. No. But if we had, maybe if we had aces, maybe once in a while he's got like, or kings, maybe once in a while he has ace queen and is overvaluing it. I don't think he ever is, actually. That when feels we, like we a go pot, pot. That's too much. Yeah, pot, pot, yeah. turn river. He's not gonna, he's not gonna raise with that. That's ace too queen. much. He's, just, he's yeah. just gonna call. Okay. I'm trying to look for places to try and give me more reasons to call. I think the best reason is we beat, we get to beat the bluffs that have an eight in them and we block 
a lot of the value. This is probably the best hand to call with now that we're talking about it. Or, or maybe Ace yeah. Eight is better, but whatever. Like, yeah, I think it is. But I guess Garrett either doesn't come to that conclusion and thinks other hands are better to call with that are actually better as far as poker hand rank value, or he comes to the conclusion that Berkey just doesn't have enough bluffs for him to call, and he folds. I mean, even though we're saying Berkey's got bluffs here with this line, and he reasonably does, he may not have enough bluffs here because I don't know if anyone has enough bluffs here. This is a really hard line to have enough bluff to be balanced on with your bluffs, especially on this board. Like, you don't really... It's hard to have blockers, like we're saying, and... It's hard to get here with those blockers when Garrett goes pot, pot. Also, Garrett choosing yep. such polarizing sizing and get, getting raised anyway. Like, how did Berkey get here with a hand that can't just call and hero us when we choose polarizing sizing, right? Like, he can decide to do that. He doesn't need to raise with any of these hands. Well, because he could decide that uh, you could turn his eight into a bluff against an overpair type thing. Right, but then we have to fold an overpair, and you and I think Garrett's probably... Yeah. Or at least our initial hit True. was he's probably not folding kings. So yeah. if you're Birkin, you think like, I can't, I don't know if I can get Kings to fold anyway. I don't, I'm not really repping very much except very powerful hands. I could see him not bluffing here as much. And maybe that's what Garrett comes to. It's just hard to have a lot of bluffs here. Your check call huh? out of position, like just hard. Yeah, you're right. Well, Garrett, Garrett was right this time, saved himself $30,000. That's nice. And we have seen Garrett make some folds that, you know, where he gets, he, they make him look like a monkey. You know, they de- it defies expectation. Yeah. Sometimes, but, sometimes they're good folds. Sometimes they're bad folds, but I would have called with all of those hands. <laughs> like you have the second nut straight on the river. It's the second nuts. Yeah. I'm calling that check raise. Uh, and it's not yeah. like, and it's like a two card straight. It's not a one card straight. Kind of like, come on. Of course I'm calling that. Um, I then not flush against Andy and he raises. Yeah, of course I'm calling, but you know, sometimes he's right. Sometimes he's wrong. Anyway, this was right. And this is possibly him putting together. This line is just too strong on this board. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm gonna be traveling the globe, we still have time to make it home.